Welcome to the Elijah Fire Podcast, where we jump into issues of today with faith and freedom instead of fear. And now here's your host, Jeff Tharp. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Elijah Fire episode 230. I cannot believe we have done 230 episodes of Elijah Fire as of today. Actually, it's been a little bit more if you take into consideration all the teaching series that we've done. So it's probably more like 240 something, but crazy, man. Crazy. So cool what God has been doing. Uh, Today is Thursday, May 11th, 2023, not May 10th. We pre-recorded. Spoiler alert. There it is. Cat's out of the bag. But just so we have some reference, just in case crazy revelation and prophetic words get dropped, because they do. That happens on this show. If you guys are listening on Spotify, make sure to follow Elijah Fire Podcast. That'll really help us out. And of course, if you guys are listening on the app, not just on Spotify, but wherever you may be listening to this podcast, make sure to give us an honest review. Fours and fives are the only acceptable ones. You guys know the drill. No, I'm kidding. You can you can be honest. We want honesty. We like that. But that'll really help us out as well. So um, also, we just got a new water well uh, video that's really good. It kind of showcases all the different areas that your donations have been going towards. As you guys know, anytime you guys donate to ElijahFire.com slash donate, all proceeds go towards keeping this free at five days a week. But then we take a portion of every single donation. We funnel it into our water well efforts, which started in Uganda. But as you will see in this video, they have branched out to a couple other areas. And that is because of your guys' donations. Your belief in Elijah's dreams, your belief in Elijah fire, not only benefits us as you sow into these ministries, but also into the the nations and uh, transforming these communities around the world. So we're going to play that video and then we're going to get going. So again, just in case you guys didn't catch that, uh, we've dug wells in Uganda, Zimbabwe, Ethiopia, Nepal, and then also stateside, we've done a lot um, in terms of the, in the states of Min- uh, Mississippi and Kentucky, there's been a lot of bad water. Uh, and we've brought in these cool water boxes that do this like complex filtration thing. And they've got Elijah stream stamped on the side, which is pretty cool. And then also three different First Nations tribes, uh, South Dakota, Montana, and Alaska. And that's just going to continue to grow. Uh, I am just so excited about the growth. This is something that we've been talking about behind the scenes since I think like the last couple of months of last year. And now it's just amazing to see these things actually carried out, carrying out. Uh, so thank you guys so much for your donations. We love you guys. Love you. All right. So a lot of you guys have been requesting this guest for a while. And uh, quite honestly, I just didn't think he'd be interested in coming on here. And then he actually reached out to us and I was like, what? So um, I'm super excited to have this guest. He's a prophet. He's an author. He's also the co-founder of Destiny Encounters International, along with his wife, Bryn. Let's give it up for my guest today, Charlie Champ. Charlie Champ, welcome to the show. Hey, Jeff, it's great to be on with you, man. Yeah. So did I get that right, that your wife is the co-founder of Destiny Destiny Encounters International? Is that correct? Yes. We, we started the ministry in 2009, and um, we launched out fully uh, into the nations, just traveling the world. Mm-hmm. Of course, we, we both grew up in church and served in you know various uh, ministries. I met my wife when I was 20 years old, so... 
we served in other other major ministries and and then in 2009 the very beginning we felt very strongly from the lord uh to launch what is now called destiny encounters international mm. and you guys have been to like you were saying over 50 countries now yes 50 nations preaching mm. the gospel and i 41 now and it just feels like we're getting started yeah and uh, just the fire of God is burning brighter in my heart than it ever has. Yeah. So um, really quick for those, well, not we can take more than just really quick, but there's a lot of people who know who you are. Obviously, we've had a lot of requests for you, uh, but uh, there's a lot of people who don't know who you are. So why don't you tell people a little bit about who Charlie Champ is? Well, uh, Jeff, the Lord had called me as a prophet to the nations when I was around 18 years old. Mm -hmm. And um, I just started seeking God with all of my heart and just began to be positioned by the Lord uh, in various um, ministries and began to learn um, everything that the Lord wanted to show me. And then, of course, like I said, we launched out in 2009, this ministry, Destiny Encounters International, and just a heart to see uh, the nation set on fire for Jesus Christ and to see uh, miracles and signs and wonders uh, that we see in the book of Acts transpire. Yeah. Well, it's something that I told you backstage, um, and this is something that I think is worth acknowledging publicly like this, is, um, you know, when I started in 2018, I believed in prophecy, but when I started here at The Elijah List in 2018, I knew I was supposed to be here, um, and I believed in prophecy, but it just, you know, it just was kind of, still there was a part of me that was kind of like, iffy, I guess, are skeptical. Um, and it was actually your, one of your prophecies that the Lord had given you that I saw get fulfilled like my first week uh, while I was uh, when while starting at the Elijah List. And it was in, involving the president of Finland and that it was going to, he was going to get elected for a second term and it was going to be marked by the birth of a son. And then that happened. And I was like, whoa. And it was because it was like, Finland, it wasn't, you know, Finland's not always on the forefront of the news. It's, you know, it's just like, I, I was so blown away by that. And I've since observed many prophetic words that the Lord has given you and you've, you've uh, released them into the public actually get fulfilled. And so um, I, yeah, it's just really cool. It's an honor to have you on this show, especially because like God used you to really like cement for me, like the validity of prophecy for today. So, yeah. Wow. That's so awesome, man. Mm -hmm. You know, and there's so many different prophetic words over the years that have, that uh, the Lord has shown me that has come to pass. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, I just love the way that prophecy you know, reveals God in the earth today that he, yeah. we're not serving a, a dead God. We're not right. serving a religious, you, you know, a God that's just in a book. We're serving a living savior that's alive and wants to speak to people today. And, most of the prophecies that I've given, especially things like that concerning presidents of nations, those presidents have seen those prophetic words, and I know that it's touched their hearts as well. Wow. Them know that God is alive. Wow. So, I mean, I'm curious. Um, I mean, for you, obviously, you said you got called at 18. Did you know? I mean, how soon into you know your time on this earth did you know I have? A prophetic gift uh, was it around that time was it when you were a kid i'm just curious yeah when i was around 10 years old um my parents 
brought me, I just grew up in church. I grew up in a Pentecostal kind of charismatic, mm-hmm. um, you know, structure. Mm-hmm. And uh, my mom and dad raised us, me and my brother, my brother Jesse's in ministry too, uh, to be, be preachers. You believed that we were always going to go into full-time ministry. And around 10 years old, I got baptized in the Holy Spirit. Wow. At 12, I got uh, water baptized and, uh, you know, was in the church for, for a long, long time. Even, even listen to this, Jeff, even when I was backslidden. So there were some years there that I was really out in the world. Uh, but my mother would just not let me go. My father just let me go. And so, you know, they just kept calling me back. I wanted to be a rock and roll star. Yeah. <laughs> and so uh, that was the path that I thought I was going to uh-huh. go. But then when I was 18 years old, the fire of God hit me wow. uh, in a series of encounters and uh, particularly one man of God who really shaped my life at that moment was a man by the name of David Hogan. Mm-hmm. My dad brought him in to do some services. And the only man of God that I had ever seen was my father. I mean, I knew my dad was a man of God because of the way that uh, I had seen him behind the scenes. And so uh, this guy came and he was preaching about raising the dead. And I got in line, you know, just to see. Sometimes you just get in line to see if God is, huh. you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You just be like, I'll see if this thing's real. I got yep. in line. The power of God hit me. And I'll never forget it. I shook for hours. Went home and uh, dedicated my life to, to, to the gospel. I, I said, mm-hmm. I'll serve you, Jesus, for all of my life. And um, I'm going to give you everything that I have. Come so, on, man. Here we are, 41 years old. Never back, just blazing a trail yeah. for the Holy Ghost. And, yeah. And that's really interesting because I uh, dedicated my life to the Lord when I was 18 as well. And so I'm 37 now. So I've got a, you know, you get a couple of years head start on me, but it's interesting because it's like, we're in very different backgrounds, but finding ourselves in the same arena now, um, you know, cause I've shared several times for me, it was like, I was, I, I raised Lutheran and it, well, it was non-denominational and then it was Lutheran. And then uh, my f- parents stopped going to church. And then that was really when God grabbed a hold of me because I was starting to backslide. Um, you know, all, all, all of my friends weren't believers. You know, I was in public school. And for some reason, there was something in me where I just, as my friends started partying and messing around, um, there was something inside of me where I was like, don't do it. And I always say to people, I'm like, the difference between me and my friends or someone else who maybe knew the voice of God at some point, the difference is that I just listened and I obeyed, you know? So for me, it was like, there was something inside of me, that conviction of like, no, this is wrong. Don't do this. Don't do this. Right, and there's right. some people that ig- ignore that and they go, I'm going to do it. Yeah. But for me, it was like, no, no, th- I, this is wrong. I'm not supposed to do this. And very shortly after that, um, you know, God grabbed a hold of me. I started having wild encounters and then bit by bit, God kind of carted me around different denominations mm. and then now finding myself here. And, and really that kind of birthed in me. I think God was showing me his desire to unify the body of Christ. Um, and that's unifying Lutherans, that's unifying Baptists and that's unifying Pentecostals and all that. But I always say 
unity, but we cannot divorce ourselves from the power of God. We have to have the power of God present. And that's something that I really love about the prophetic is that recognition. And you grew up in that, you know? And so I always really, um, I, I think that's, you know, you have that privilege of having grown up in that you have a, you had a great example. It sounds like from your dad, uh, I think Jesse has said the same thing about your dad um, as having that modeled. So, yeah. Absolutely. And also, I think when you're hungry for God, no matter what uh, denomination you may find yourself in, eventually you're going to gravitate towards the power of the Spirit. Yeah, we like all want it, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's not a person on the planet. I've never encountered someone um, that e e even whether they're in the new age, they might be in the, in, in the occult. The, every person, they may say they're an atheist. No one's an atheist. Everyone believes that there is something, a higher source that's out there. And so that's where the power of the Holy Spirit comes in. Amen. You know, the Bible says in Acts 10, 38, that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and power who went about doing good and healing all those who were oppressed of the devil because God was with them. Yeah. And so you and I have been anointed with the Holy Spirit and we've been given power yep. to go around and do the exact same thing that Jesus did. And so how are, how are people going to encounter God in the earth today? Well, they're going to encounter him through the body of Christ. Mm -hmm. And the only body of Christ that's on the earth is the church of Jesus Christ. Mm -hmm. So he wants to use each and every one of us to lay hands on the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead, to see the to see miracles. And God has given to all of us the ministry of reconciliation, which is to bring everybody back into union with Jesus. Mm. Yeah, man. And I, you know, I've talked about this several times on the show, but you know, because I was in missions for a while. That's how I met my wife. We was in YWAM and um you know, we saw a lot of my friends and I, we saw a lot of really cool stuff um, and God move in amazing ways and God's power just show up. And um, I, it's interesting because I continued to pursue that, but a lot of people, that was the best they ever had because they went back to whatever their life was. They didn't have a good support system or they didn't, they allowed themselves to kind of get washed away in the current of whatever their friends group was or peer pressure. Um, and so some of them are even like atheists now, um, or there's people that are just like, I just never saw that power again, but I think it's so important to position ourselves, uh, to where that is kind of cultivated in our lives, where we're surrounding ourselves with the right people. Um, and also stepping out and doing, and that's something that, you know, I think you set a great example of that. You know, you've gone on several, you go on a lot of crusades. I remember when the crazy stuff was happening in 2020, you went to chop, did you go to chop up in yeah. Seattle? Man, I was like, Whoa. Um, and so I think that that's something that, you know, you bring, uh, you, you set a great example of constantly going to the front lines of wherever God is moving. And yes, even in chop, you know, and that was something that admittedly for me, it was like easy to kind of dismiss that. But then you and there are other people that were like, no, I'm going to go in there. I was like, man, like <laughs> they're right. They're right. We should be going into those places. So, yeah. yeah. And, and I think too, like mentorship is really important, you know, and, and, you know, Serving in the ministries and getting impartation uh, will cause you to accelerate, but not only to accelerate when times get tough, uh, 
and you feel that pressure to retreat or to uh, backslide, that impartation and those that you are around uh, will keep you. Yeah. And so it, for me, I, I was searching out people that had the power of God because mm. I wanted to be around them. I wanted to learn, you know, those, those things about the supernatural because I was fascinated with it. You yeah. know, I was fascinated with the, with healing and miracles and, and, um, you know, seeing souls saved. I wanted to get around men of God that uh, carried something that was, yeah. that was of, had substance connected to it. Yeah. Come on. Come on. So good. So in regards to the end time harvest, you know, let's just jump right into this. What has God been showing you about the end time harvest? I guess as it pertains to, because there's a lot of Gen Z out there that are not following the Lord. There are a lot who are though. And I think that there kind of tends to be this tendency within like, not even just in mainstream media, but sometimes even in Christian circles, we look at, uh, if we're not careful, we can just gravitate towards the negative of like, look at all these like sinners and they're doing these crazy things. But I mean, I have Gen Z people from the Gen Z generation on my show who are on fire for God and all of their friends are on fire for the Lord. So I'm just really curious. I would love to hear what you have to say in terms of this end time harvest, where we're at, uh, go for it. Yeah, well, you know that Bob Jones gave a prophetic word right. uh, concerning the billion soul harvest. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that Bob said was that there, the, the signal, the key uh, that would be kind of the spark of the catalyst that we would know that it was here was that young people would begin uh, to worship God in open fields. And I immediately saw that in 2020. So the Lord had already been speaking to me years before about that prophetic word concerning the billion soul harvest that Bob had given, and that there would be a, a release of it when we seen that particular uh, part of the prophecy, that there would be those that would gather in fields, they would gather in the open uh, to worship Jesus, and nobody could stop them from worshiping. Mm -hmm. And when I started seeing that in 2020, we we immediately knew, here's the sign. And then, the, of course, the second sign had to do with the Chiefs winning, or, um, them winning the Super Bowl. Yeah. And so we put those two together. And for me, I knew that we are in the end-time harvest of souls. Mm. And that uh, there are those that are coming into the forefront of that. And just like the, the head of an arrow, we're, we're piercing the darkness and we're causing people that do not know Jesus to come to him. And, the, and it would be through demonstrations and uh, the miraculous that would draw people into Jesus Christ in this hour. Come on, man. So in regards to the people wor worshiping openly in fields, was a lot of that, I mean, I know that Sean Foyt and Lettuce Worship was really heading that up. So I mean, that was like unstoppable. Uh, but I know that there were a lot of other things happening too. I know mon even Monday and, and uh, Jennifer uh, Martin were doing like tent revivals out in the, you know, there's a lot of those going around too, but um, yeah. 
Thanks for listening. The Elijah Fire podcast is made possible by donations like yours. To become a partner, visit ElijahFire.com slash give. Yeah, it seemed to me that this was where God uh, had had um, in almost uh, injected this radical fire in people like Sean, Monday, and Jennifer, myself even. We did two Awake Americas. We did open air crusades because we couldn't go overseas and do them. Uh, we did them in the only place that was open for us to be able to do crusades, which was Florida. So Florida was wide open. So we did two Awake Americas down there. And of course, across the body of Christ, there were others that were taking the gospel outside the four walls of the sure. church and, 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 you know, doing meetings and tents and setting up. Um, you know, various platforms in their cities and just preaching the gospel of Jesus Christ. And it was, and it's awesome to see. And so yeah. we're seeing this even in, in my opinion, an acceleration right now um, and the harvest. Yeah. So I know in 2020, you know, there was a lot of, I mean, I think that was like the fruit of 2020 that was actually good was re- a lot of people in the church realizing the old way man it's not working for us you know um and that's not to negate there are a lot of churches that were already ahead of that you know in terms of just what they're doing but um i would say the bulk of the western church at large realized okay we gotta we we gotta do things differently And, and and i think 2020 forced us to do that but i know there's a lot of people who are now wanting now that things have settled down they're like okay i want to just go back to the way things were um Mm. but i'm curious if god has shown you anything in regards to that specific thing the way things were right Mm. going back to the way things pre-2020 were um do you have anything to say to that uh just for those that maybe find themselves a lot of people aren't going to be in that place but just in case someone is do you have anything to say in regards to those people that are like oh i want to just go back to the way things were. I just want to go back to normal. Yeah, well, I would say that 2020 uh, was a real indicator that we have co- we're coming out of the church age, mm. and we're begin like the door is opening to the kingdom age. Mm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. um, and I feel like we're we're starting to taste of the of the age to come. And so God is shifting us out of um, this, this culture of just sitting in pews. And he's really beginning to activate everybody in the supernatural. And I asked the Lord one time, I said, I said, Lord, I said, what is the next move of God? And he said, it's me moving through my people. Hmm. And so I believe this is the hour where uh, the Lord wants to use each and every one of us uh, to display his kingdom. Now, some people, they may not feel that they're called to be in full-time ministry, you know, preaching behind a pulpit, but we all are believers. And the Bible says that those that believe are going to cast out devils and heal the sick. One of the things that we're seeing in, in, in uh, really explode uh, in, in America in the nations of the earth as well is a greater um, 
a greater sense of the demonic and just a demon possession mm. and people needing to be set free of that. And, and, and so the, the ministry of deliverance is not just for a special, you know, person. It is for all believers. When we come into contact with someone that uh, is possessed or oppressed, God has given us power to drive out the oppression and to set them free. And we've seen it on mass. I mean, in fact, this last um, trip to Nepal that we did, our crusade, we did a mass deliverance where there was over, I mean, probably 150 people that were uh, possessed wow. with demons instantly set free by the power really? of God. So you didn't have to go up to them individually like it was just... No, no, no individual deliverance. Of course, um, we did do some individuals on, on other days, mm -hmm. but there was a moment in the crusade where the Lord said, go for mass deliverance right wow. now. It was right after the altar call was given. Wow. And we released the power of God from the, uh, from the stage and the power of the Lord. You just saw it go through uh, like a tidal wave through the crowd. And anyone that was possessed of a demon instantly dropped, and, and the ushers uh, would grab them, bring them to the front. We, we had like a, a, a space in the front where there were number of people that were possessed of demons and instantly set free by the power of wow. God. I bet you that was rocking the world of a lot of the people attending that, you know, seeing, I mean, maybe even their friends or family members, people they know, all of a sudden they're like, whoa. I bet that was yeah. really impactful. Yeah, absolutely. Because when you see something like that, you know that the spirit world is real. Mm -hmm. You know, you yeah. can you can maybe uh, in the crusades, miracles are very important because min the miracles are like a dinner bell for salvation. They reveal that God is alive today. Mm. And so when people see a blind eye open, a person that they had seen 30 minutes before crippled stand up and walk, I mean, these are notable signs and wonders that are telling them that God is in that place. Wow. And it's the same thing with, with people that were possessed. When they are set free by the power of God and they come and testify, it's undeniable because you can even see the countenance of their face has been changed. Sure. Wow, man. Um, well, we actually have a clip of this Nepal trip. Um, I cut it down. The full video is six minutes. So we put a link in the description, everybody, um, under the stuff we talked about section, you can watch there. Um, you can watch the full thing, but we have like, I cut it down to like three minutes. So, uh, I don't know if there's anything you want to set up with this video or we can just play it and then we'll talk about it. It's up to you, Charlie. Yeah. I would just say that the, the people can go and watch the full film, the full release of the video. There's a lot of things in there, especially in the beginning. Uh, where we're in Kathmandu, and there is a demon prince that people are worshiping, and we have the footage of it, so wow. you'll be able to see that. Awesome. All right, go ahead and play it.
to hear this preacher very clearly today. We have not come to lift up one religion and tear down another religion. We have come to glorify the name of Jesus Christ. That's quite the number. 12,000 salvations. 12,000. Yeah, 12,000 over a course of four days. 600 documented miracles. Uh, many of them came to the stage to testify, but others were just during the village ministry because we take teams with us. Mm -hmm. um, and they were going through the various villages and praying for the sick and seeing miracles right in uh, people's homes is a very powerful time. The, the on, city man. was rocked by the gospel of Jesus Christ. That opening scene uh, was taken from Kathmandu, and it was from the thousand-year-old temple in, in um, Kathmandu. Uh, that burning, that fire that you see there, were actually bodies that were being burned that were going to be put into the river. Wow. One of the ceremonies that they do is they burn uh, the 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 bodies then they they put the ashes into the river and then they bathe in it hoping that they will um you know get their sins removed and then that thing that looks like a cloth that's a that that's a full demon that is underneath that that cloth that they're worshiping there wow. this this is happening in the earth today in 2023 and this is why it's so important uh that we preach the gospel of Jesus Christ mm -hmm. and we see people come to the lord because the, these um, 
these demon princes, they don't want to let that people go. They want them to be, they want them to be worshipped. And when we bring a gospel of our God has done this for you, because all religion is based upon what you can do for the God. Right. But Christianity is based upon what our God has done for us. On, that's right. And so this is why many nations don't even want the gospel being preached openly. And there's such persecution because the demons and those spirits know that once people hear the good news of the gospel of Jesus and what the Son of God has done, they will never look back to an idol. Uh, they will never worship the a fallen prince again they will worship the prince of peace uh, yeah come on so i'm curious um because a lot of different countries can be different in regards to this do they know it's a demon prince or do they call it by something else but that's just actually what it is i'm just curious yeah no they they would call it um you know whatever it's either shiva depending on the religion uh they would have a name for the, the the spirit but you and i know what it is right the principality yeah. is a power yeah. uh, that keeps people in poverty and you see it when you go to india you go to these various nations you'll see what these demons do whether you're in you know we've been to benin last uh two years ago benin west africa the 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 birthplace of voodoo you see what these demons and these spirits do to people mm -hmm. and with the power of the gospel uh, does when it, it it comes into direct contact uh, with darkness, and I'll tell you, darkness um, darkness has to flee. In fact, in, in fact, you know, I've never seen light be dominated by darkness. Darkness is naturally dominated by the light, right. and and okay. so people don't have to be afraid to go into these places uh, and bring the love of Jesus. To bring the gospel uh, with demonstration and power. Yeah, come on. Yeah, uh, the reason why I asked that about the demon prince thing is because um, I know there's a an area in Tibet where the uh, there's this like hole in this mountain or in this. Uh, my friends were there um, and they they were ministering and and they said uh, like all these people just day and night would be by this hole. It's like a doorway in the mountain. And they would bring, they would cry and they would bring all these like sacrifices, like food offerings and stuff. And, and she was saying, it's interesting because they actually know it's a demon. They're just so terrified of it that they're mm -hmm. trying to appease it. So with them in that case, they actually know it's a demon uh, mm -hmm. in this area in Tibet. So that's why I asked. I'm just always curious, depending on where you go, there are, there is going to be a recognition that it is a demonic entity. And then other mm -hmm. times it's like, oh, it's one of our gods which is just right. a demonic prince or principality right. or whatever. So I was just curious, but um, right. so it's, it's like in Thailand where they have the, um, there, there's a, a spirit that controls the waters in a certain section uh, of oh. Thailand. And every year there's actually smoke that comes out of the water. Wow. The, the serpent that moves underneath. And they worship it and they know exactly what it is. Wow. Wow. That's heavy. I didn't know that. Um, is there something that you do, you know, cause you've been to like 50 countries. Um, is there something that you do uh, to kind of break through the cultural barriers or is it just, Hey man, we're just going to show up with God's power and he's going to do his thing. Is there something specific that you typically will do 
uh, when you go to an, uh, a country? I'm curious. Well, one of the things that we definitely do is intercession. Mm -hmm. We have a, a tremendous team of people that pray months and months in advance for our mm -hmm. crusades. We begin to lay the groundwork uh, in, in, through prayer. And then when we go into uh, these various places, I like to take my teams right into the heart of various villages, uh, locations where we're going to be doing the crusade. They go door to door praying for the sick uh, and the power of God begins to testify to people of Jesus's goodness, which begins to attract larger crowds. Mm. So, and, and, you know, the first day I always feel like as far as the crusade goes is a break breakthrough day. Okay. It's where we're, we're, we're breaking the, the ground up. We're opening up the atmosphere and we're believing God for one significant, really notable, remarkable miracle that people know the person maybe in their village and it will be undeniable that something has happened to them. And as a result of that, Jeff, the crowds double and triple in size. Wow, man. So you can put all the advertisement out that you uh -huh. want. We always do. We do as much as we can. Sure. You know, whether that's on the radio or, or television or banners, we do it all. Um, but at the end of the day, Jesus is going to testify of himself. Mm -hmm. And he does it the same way he did it in the book of Acts. Just like the man at the gate, beautiful, as soon as Peter said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. Uh, there was a crowd that gathered to see what had happened to that man because they knew that he was lame and never had walked. Yeah. It's the same way wherever we go. And, and people say, well, is the power of God greater in you know Africa, on the continent of Africa, or in the nation of India or Pakistan than it is in America? And I say, no. Because we've seen cripples got out of wheelchairs in America in our crusades down in Florida just, you know, the last couple of years. We've seen notable, remarkable miracles right here in America. And Jesus is Emmanuel. He's God with us. And so wherever we go and we're preaching the gospel, we're going to see the miracles happen. Mm. And do you do you feel like, um, actually, I'll ask, I'll, I'll go back to that. When, when did you guys start doing crusades? And like, why do you feel like crusades are so effective? Is it just that there's a crowd and you can see a lot of these people, you know, they see someone from their community who's, you know, with maybe the town cripple or mm -hmm. blind and, or, or deaf. And all of a sudden they're not that way. And I, I'm just curious what you have to say in regards to that. Yeah. You know, in my early twenties, I traveled with a man of God and we, we did many crusades, uh, mainly in the continent of Africa. Mm -hmm. And I saw the impact of crusade evangelism. And when it was done properly, how it could so impact a region that it could quadruple the church overnight. Mm -hmm. For instance, um, the average church in, in um, Chitwan, Nepal, where we were at, was, is probably like 25 people. Okay, in an average church. Yeah. Now you have 12,000 you know, people born again over a four-day period. You've just impacted that entire region, and you've opened it up for those pastors, those men and women of God that have been laboring there for years, but weren't able to make that type of an impact. 
Now you've opened it up for them to be able to do the follow-ups, to go and visit these families, to get them connected into into the church. Help Elijah Fire continue to make an impact around the world. All donations go toward making Elijah Fire and the Elijah Fire podcast possible. Visit ElijahFire.com slash give and become a partner today. And this is really how we see uh, the body of Christ grow worldwide. You know, T.L. Osborne talked about it. You know, when when you see the power of God on display and you see people come to the Lord and there's and and they see the spirit of God move, they can't go back. And and so that's the constant follow up that that uh, putting the labor in and going and do, doing the door to door just work um, that the Church of Jesus Christ is is grown. Mm. Uh, Across the globe yeah come on man so do you feel like I, how, in regards to um crusades do you feel like we're gonna see an increase of that here in america as well i mean maybe you already are seeing that i mean you did mention some i'm just curious of that about that as well i do i believe that we're going to begin to see uh, an increase of of crusades i also think we're going to see an increase of revival breaking out yeah come on. and it, i don't think it's going to be in one location no. i believe that it's going to be uh, across this nation i think we're going to begin to see fires sparking up in various places and some of them uh won't will be like i can't believe that god is moving there you know what i mean <laughs> Like you would think like the big major cities are the ones that are going to get revival or are going to get, you know, major impacts of, of extended meetings. But I, I honestly believe that the Lord is looking for places like Bethlehem, that that's where there's going to be a birthing that's going to take place. Mm-hmm. And people that have been laboring in the unseen are going to begin to see very uh, significant moves of the spirit and when they come they're going to be unusual and they're and some people aren't going to like it you know we we read about azusa street and we just kind of gloss over that history we don't really go into the fact that here's a man uh putting his head in a box because the glory of the lord was so strong in the meeting you know we 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 gloss over the fact that the first and second great awakening uh people were being mowed down by the spirit of god when you read the those journals from the the second great awakening they talk about how the power of god would come so strongly that they would they would it was like they were hit by a wave of the power of the spirit and they were left in the mud just just crying and weeping or laughing or and this is what I believe we're going to begin to see again on the street corners. So it's not just necessarily set times of, of you know, four-day events, but I believe that it's going to come through even wild preachers on street corners with blowhorns just preaching the gospel. Mm-hmm. Miracles are going to start happening and breaking out. Wow. And that's how the crowds are going to be. Yeah, come on, man. Yeah, man. I mean, I think people are so hungry for, for that. And like, I I know for me, it was like, I mean, before 2020 I was, but then to 
to see kind of what happened in the world and just realize a lot of institutions that people had faith in failed, you know, and realizing God is our, God is our only answer. He is the only sure thing that we can stand upon um, in the blood of Jesus. And man, so I'm, I mean, this is really exciting. Um, in regards to young people, though, obviously we have the Bob Jones prophecy um, that we're seeing play out. But uh, has God shown you anything specifically about the younger generations? Because there's a lot of Satan is targeting the younger generations hardcore right now, which to me, I always look at and go, well, he's not catching God off guard. Satan can see in the spirit a lot of times better than, well, he, he can see in the spirit better than we can, which is annoying. But um he's obviously reacting to something that God is doing. Um, you know, and often we look at Satan and we're like, we, you know, there's a lot of Christians that can glorify what Satan is doing. It's like, what's God going to do? I'm like, he's reacting to what God is doing and it's immovable. Like God, he cannot stop it. So he's going to try and deter. So yeah, anyways, that was a long, long winded, but I, what is God doing with the younger generations right now? Well, I definitely feel that there is an identity issue. Mm -hmm. We can, we can plainly see that. And the Lord wants to reveal his, his identity yeah. within this generation. And I believe that God is going to begin to raise uh, young people up across this nation in America uh, to reveal Christ in mm -hmm. the earth yeah. and begin to show people the true identity that they have been called to, hmm. uh, separated from uh, the demonic. And I'll also say this, and I'll, I'll, I'll be careful about this, but those that have had severe identity issues, even to the point of uh, mutilation, hmm. if you can understand what I'm, what I'm saying here, yeah. we're going to begin to see them set free by the power of God in the coming years, uh, even over the next decade. And, and the Lord showed me that they'll be like Daniel wow. in, in Babylon. You know, uh, many scholars believe that Daniel was a eunuch. Mm -hmm. and he was separated to God. And I believe that there are those that have had severe identity issues and to the point of mutilation. But the Lord is going to do creative miracles. Oh. He's also going to bring them back in and separate them as bond servants to the Lord. I, oh. I had an encounter, Jeff, where the Lord came and he uh, took a, a uh, emerald earring. Okay. And he pierced my ear. He took me to the, to the doorpost of a home and pierced me through my ear. And he said, son, I'm raising up bond servants for me that will only hear my voice uh, in this hour. And of course, we know the Bible says that there around the throne is a rainbow that looks like an emerald. Hmm. So God is raising up young people right now that he is piercing their ear to hear him, that he's drawing them in to be bond slaves for him. And they're going to only do what the father tells them to do. Hmm. And they're going to get their instructions straight from the throne of God. Wow. Well, I'm excited. I believe I, I'm, I'm meeting many Gen Zers that are on fire, man. I so mean, on fire, man. <laughs> they are burning for the Lord. Yeah. 
and they, they, I mean, they will worship for hours and houses and, and, you know, they'll, they'll, they'll go anywhere. You know, we had a young gal on, on our team. She was, I think she's 22, 21. She was on the side of a mountain, uh, praying for a guy that was completely blind and God opened the man's eyes. Come on. I mean, it was like she came back, her whole face was like glowing. Uh, and she just said, I saw my first blind eyes open. When God does something like that, you can't go back. No. And so I believe God is going to begin to reveal himself to many uh, Gen Zers, millennials. God's going to begin uh, to even get a hold of the alpha generation, the young, young kids. Yeah. And they're going to begin to see notable, remarkable miracles. And they're going to be marked by the power of God. Hmm. They won't be able to go back. Yeah, come on, man. Um, So in regards to, because I've had conversations with people who are like, I just don't see what any of this that you're talking about. I just don't see it. And, And a lot of times that can be, it's like, well, where you look where you're looking is important mm-hmm. um and maybe it's even a mentality shift where it's like if you're not seeing a revival if you're not seeing god move maybe you are supposed to be the person to step out in that area but what would you say to people who are kind of on that place where they're like i'm not seeing anything i don't know what you're talking about jeff and charlie whatever i'm not seeing anything what would you say to those people well, I, I would tell them to go and search it out, first mm, of all. That's good. One. Yeah. Go to a place where the power of God is available, you know, where you're seeing it. That, like with the Asbury Revival, mm-hmm. that's a, that, that is like a key right there. You, you would get in your car and just drive to go and get in the atmosphere of that. It, that would be my number one. And then secondly, I always liked what William Booth said, which was the founder of Salvation Army. He said, I am revival. Hmm. I am revival. I love that because that means that we don't have to wait for a sovereign move of God, but we can begin uh, to step out and allow the Holy Spirit to use you and I because we have Christ in us, the hope of glory. He's the greatest. He is the revivalist. He is the dead raiser. He is, he is the one that has resurrection power. And, and so. I would encourage even those that are afraid. You're scared to step out. But God wants to use you to heal. You should go to the Walmart, to down to the street corner, maybe to the grocery store, and just begin to walk through and see someone that isn't healed. See someone that's sick. Begin to witness to someone. And I'll tell you, you are going to see the Holy Spirit come on you. He's going to He's going to speak to you. You'll be you move out into prophecy, into the gifts of the spirit, and you'll begin to recognize that God is living in you and he wants to speak and move through you. Come on now. That's good. That's super good. Yeah, I I think it's really important. And this is something I experienced in missions too, is it's a bit like, you know, if you think of like a war. And you've got soldiers on the ground and then you've got people an ocean away commenting on this conflict and judging it and judging the soldiers and all that stuff. 
and thinking they know best or, oh, that didn't really happen the way that people are saying it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's really important to get ourselves out of that commentator mindset and into that soldier mindset and actually go to these places. Because that's something that I've I've often talked to the Lord about as well is like, go where it is. And the Bible is very clear, even if you don't have a word from the Lord about Charlie, I want you to go and I want you to do this in this specific place. We have the the commandments of Jesus telling us to go and, and, you know, he modeled it for us. Right. So even if you don't have a specific call from the Lord to do something, yeah, we're supposed to pray for people. Yeah. We're supposed to lay hands on people. Yes. We're supposed to evangelize. We're supposed to take care of the orphan and the widow, like all of those things. So we have those things laid out for us. But I think so often we look at like, especially in the West, we're like, oh, I got to like, I got to wrap my head around this and I got the perfect strategy and then I'm going to go do it. Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then it's like, you never do, you know, so. You know, and, and, and this is what, this too, I want to point out that there's a praying mother and father that's been praying for their son or their daughter. And you're the answer to their prayer. Come on. But when you show up and you start witnessing to them, whether it's at a skate park or, you know, you go down to a, a club or something and you just stand out and begin to preach the gospel. That's in that you are going to be the answer to someone's prayer that they've been praying for their backslidden teenager, their son or their daughter. Uh, And the presence of God is going to be there because that mother's prayer, that father's prayer is right there with you to see the, the spirit of God touch their child. This is really important. I, I just believe that there's not one person uh, in the earth, no matter what they've done. And I let me, trust me, I've seen some things, people in the occult, people that are, you know, Satanists. I've seen them by the power of the Lord Jesus Christ be set free. No one, in my opinion, is too far gone. Yeah, Jesus paid the price for every single person and uh, went around the world, around the world and seen it. Um, I was just recently even in uh, um, uh, in, the, in Amsterdam on the um, the uh, street where they uh, have the full, you know, all the brothels. Uh-huh. And um, the Lord had led me to a man that went was down there. Uh, he, he had he had came there to um, to sleep with with some women and the power of God. Uh, had me go and just begin to witness to him, gave him several detailed words of knowledge in his life. And he said, I don't, at first he said, I don't believe in God. And I said, well, God believes in you. Uh-huh. All of a sudden the spirit of God hit me. And I said, uh, I told him several things about his life. And he said, how on earth do you know those things about me? And I said, because Jesus loves you. And and he gave his life to the Lord right there. He said, I don't even I can't even believe that you're down here talking to me about Jesus in this place. And and it was just such a divine setup. Uh-huh. Um, I was actually on a trip back from uh, the Ukraine. I was minister- I was doing some things during in the in the war. I was there in the Ukraine ministering a little bit. And of course I we were. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't fly. We our our plane got uh, got stuck. Uh, we we got delayed in in Amsterdam, and they told us that we were gonna have to stay the night there. So I thought, man, let's just go down to the down to the you know the, the red, red light, light district, district, man. Oh yeah, 
And I said, man, the Lord brought me down here just for you. Come on. That's how much God loves people. He'll make you miss a plane so that you can go down and preach to one person and see them get born again. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's how much God is yeah. just after the heart of yeah. men. Yep. We saw that in the Bible too. Book of Acts, Philip, you know? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, man. I, you know, I, that's the amazing thing is like when you go to those dark places, the level of compassion that like, cause I, I've done some ministry in a red light district in Bangkok and the level of compassion, like I've said it on the show before, but like, I still remember the faces of the men. And this was 2009. Mm. I still remember the faces of the men that I talked to and I still pray for them regularly. You know, uh, just really, really key God encounters with these men that uh, really hurting people. I think it's easy to look at those men and be like, oh, how could you even go down there, Jeff and Charlie? Oh, like those men, they're horrible. Those those women in there could be trafficked. I'm like, they're, they're hurting. Mm -hmm. Those men are hurting and they need love. And so, yeah, I love I love that, man. So good. Yeah, because God... God loves not just the abused, but the abuser as yeah. well. Yeah. And that's hard to wrap our minds around. Sure. But the Lord will set them free as well. Mm -hmm. Come on. Come on. All right, Charlie. Well, I would love for you to pray for people as you kind of close this out. Um, this is good, man. This is so good. Yeah. So, Father, in the mighty name of Jesus, I thank you for all of those that are watching the broadcast today. Lord, you brought them here. And Lord, I ask you that you would set them on fire. Yeah. Give them a holy hunger for you mm -hmm. and for souls. Lord, open up their eyes to see that this is the generation, the final generation. This is the final harvest, the final hour of souls. And God, I thank you that the angels are going forth with us on assignment to see men and women across the globe come to you. Lord, I pray for an impartation of radical desire and fire to burn with signs and wonders and miracles like the book of Acts. Lord, I ask you that you would raise up those like Stephen, those like Philip, those like Paul and James and Peter from the Bible in this hour. Lord, that they would be able to say like Peter, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have in the mighty name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Lord, we pray today that you would set those Gen Zers, millennials, God, even baby boomers, God. Let the fire of the Lord come fresh upon them. Lord, those that are retired, Lord, we say it's time to refire the fire of God touching them now. Let the fresh oil of the Holy Spirit of Psalm 92:10 come upon them. Lord, let there be a radical release of revival in each individual's life. God, we give you glory and praise and honor and thank you in advance for the testimonies that they would go in the highways and the byways, into the street corners, everywhere, and begin to open up their mouth and demonstration would begin to follow. You, Paul said, I did not come with enticing man's, of words, uh, man's wisdom, but in demonstration of power of the gospel. And so, Father, we thank you. The gospel is going to be preached in Jesus' mighty name. Mm. We Amen. 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 Charlie, thank you so much, man. This is great. So great. Um, how can people follow you and what you're doing? 
Well, the best place to follow us is on destinyencounters.com or sign up for our email list. That's mm -hmm. that way they always get all the fresh things that we're doing. Of course, I'm on Instagram, Facebook. We just started Rumble channel. We're on YouTube. You can find us at all those those media platforms. But again, the best place is destinyencounters.com and to sign up for our um, our email list. Awesome, awesome. Well, Charlie, seriously, this is an honor. Thank you so much, man. This is great. I appreciate you having me on, Jeff. Yeah, absolutely, man. Well, everybody, that is our show. Have a blessed Thursday. Tune in tomorrow. We're going to close out this week with Krista J. Bullock. Yes, that's right. Krista J. Bullock is back. I just spent some time with her dad, Robin Bullock, in Israel. That was great. So it'll be great to touch base with her as well. We love Krista. So. Uh, tune in tomorrow at 2 p.m. Pacific time, 5 p.m. Eastern time with Krista J. Bullock, and we will see you guys then. Okay, bye. This has been Elijah Fire. Thanks for listening. For more episodes like this, you can check out the Elijah Fire podcast on ElijahFire.com, on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can watch us live every weekday at 2 p.m. Pacific time on YouTube, Rumble, Twitch, and Facebook. Elijah Fire is presented by Elijah Streams and is part of Elijah List Ministries. Go to ElijahFire.com slash give for more info on how you can donate today. Thank you.